my wife tells me she just got diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. And, uh, Fuck. That's a, that makes you hit the brakes in a lot of ways, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, the, you know, obviously, at first you assume the worst. You, you think about the worst. She's going to die. This is going to fucking happen. That's going to fucking happen. Yeah, yeah. Then I start thinking about myself. You know, what about my fucking career? What about my opportunity? What's going on here? You know what I mean? Yeah. Am I gonna? Am I gonna complete the Q course? You know, all those things happen hit me at the same fucking time. And uh, you know, all you can do is handle the fifty meter target, right? What's the most immediate threat? Yeah. And uh, she had a a tumor in her leg that she had had. Before I even met her, before I even had met her, she had this pain, this knot in her leg. Yeah. She just never paid any attention to it. She just ignored it, you know? And uh, it was while we were at Fort Campbell that kind of started getting bigger. So she went to the doctor and had like an MRI or an X-ray or I guess it was an MRI done. Yep. And it looked like a tumor, but that was in the process of us moving to Fort Bragg. And when we got to Fort Bragg, the doctor called her and said, you need to go have this checked out right now. Yeah. So while I was away at that fucking school, that little phase of training. At, at CLC, yeah. Yeah. They uh, did a biopsy and it was a, it was a cancerous tumor. And uh, the type of cancer it was, was called synovial sarcoma. At the time, uh, sarcoma, I guess, means tumor. And synovial is like uh, the layer around your joints, in between your joints where the synovial fluid is. So she was developing tumors in that membrane, in that synovial fluid area in between her joints. It's a very rare type of cancer, very rare type of cancer at the time. And uh, really wasn't ever seen in anybody as young as her. I think she was 27 at the time. It was mainly only in older people. So the first course of action from the doctors was is they wanted to do radiation therapy to try to stop the growth of the tumor. That's what they do. It's just the first course of action, yep. radiation. So it sucks. <laughs> I had to go into the fucking cadre, my cadre, and say, look, I can't go in. I can't going to the next phase of training, which is language. My wife has cancer. She has to fucking get radiation. I have to watch my kids and she has to go every day. Yeah. And so they, they put me in hold. And, uh, that's actually how I ended up in the same IOD as you. Right. That's how we met. Yeah. Yeah. They put me on hold. And uh, when she got done with her radiation therapy, I guess it was like, okay, we'll see. I had to keep fucking pushing forward in the course. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, so it was pretty much just, okay, let's wait. I was a kid too, man. I was like, I think I was like 26. I, I didn't know what the fuck was going on, you know? So yeah, of I just course, man. <laughs> don't want my fucking wife to die, but, you know, I'm, I'm fucking here to do something, you know what I'm saying? So I don't think I anybody to, would know how to deal with I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, and, and, <laughs> Anybody be lying if they didn't think of all the things that you're just saying right now. You know, it, it's it's not being so like some people 
some people will go, well, he's just being selfish. But let's just be real. You are going to be thinking about everything like, fuck, like what's going to happen to this now? How am I going to do this? And what happens if she, you know, like you'd be a fucking liar, man. If you said you didn't think about all that shit that, you know what I'm saying? That was going to affect you, you know, um, either at the moment or in the future. Yeah. Absolutely. It was really fucking important to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course. Obviously, my wife is important to me, fucking too, you know. And but so I, I'm able to move on with the next phase of training. This when I, you and I met. Yes. Is when I went IODA nine four one three. Nine one four two. Was it nine four one two? Yeah. Nine four one two. Yeah. Nine four. Sergeant Rosario. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> He was pretty gangster. Yeah, he, dude, he was cool as fuck. Yeah. So, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. So, yeah, that was language phase. So, we start, we both had Arabic, right? Yep. So, we're going to school and shit. And, uh, and I didn't know, time, and I didn't know none of this was going on. Like, like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I don't think I even knew until towards the end of language that, that any of this was going on. Like, like I didn't really, you know what I'm saying? Like you weren't displaying any kind of like, I didn't tell anybody until she had to do chemo and I had to stop language. Yep. And then that's when, because you just stopped, you know what I'm saying? Like I didn't see you or whatever. And then we started talking, I think before that, and you had told me all that stuff that was going on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't tell any actually, I think it was, uh, I think I said something in class one time about her having to do chemo, but I didn't tell Sir Mazzario until he amputated her leg. And that's where they went became a problem. Yeah. Because when they cut her leg off, I couldn't come hide it. Take care of the house. Yeah, right. But yeah. I was still in class, you know, still, I, was, I wasn't still in class, but I was still uh, in the course, still studying on my own and shit. Right. And, uh, you know, I kept thinking it was going to get better, you know. They cut her leg off, they amputated her leg, so... You know, maybe that's the end of it, right? But it wasn't. It had already spread. Yeah. Yeah. And uh That's a lot, man. And and I know the girls were young at that time. So yeah. yeah, so I mean you had a man, bro, like I didn't, you know, until later on is is I didn't look back and, and, and think of all the extent of what you had to like bear at that time. You know what I mean? Like, like that's a ton, man. Well, it eventually was too much, man. Yeah. You know, it, was, it was too much for me. Yeah. It Run. Had, no, go ahead. It spread lungs and uh, there was, I mean, there's nothing... The doctors kind of lied to us about that because when they cut her leg off, 
they saw some spots in her lungs and we asked them like, well, if there is spots in her lungs, like what will you do about it? I mean, what can you do? And the, the doctor said, well, I'll refer you to a thoracic surgeon, but you can't just am- amputate people's lungs. You know what I mean? That was just a bullshit answer to get us to shut up. So mm-hmm. we can cut her fucking lungs off and charge the insurance for it. Which just gets to an even worse point here in a minute. So she was doing chemo at this time too, which is fucking poison. And, but what are you going to fucking do? Not try to live? And you got two fucking kids and shit. And she was only fucking 27 at the time. Right. So, you, you know, everything kind of seems like it might be okay for a minute. And then, she falls one day in the fucking house and then fucking can't get up and she's hurt real bad. Her back is. And, uh, it's all good, to call an ambulance to come and get her. It's all good, man. Just take your time, bro. The tumors have been growing in her spine yeah. and started breaking her spine apart and breaking her vertebrae and kind of started to paralyze her. But, I mean, that's bad enough, you know what I mean? You just got your fucking leg cut off and now your fucking spine's broken and now you're being paralyzed. But she wasn't dead and she definitely wasn't dead. So everything just accelerated like... It went on for 18 months. Wow. And it just kept getting worse and kept getting worse. She started, her body started to rot from the inside out. I would have to squeeze chunks of her kidney out of her catheter into a fucking bag because her body was fucking rotting and the smell was fucking unbelievable. Yeah. That did that shit. Having to live through that every fucking day, dude. That was the worst thing I'd ever seen in my fucking life. Yeah, worse than anything I'd ever seen in Iraq. It was fucking horrible. I mean, I can't say I know how you feel me, but I could, it's like, just like, I, I remember the times, you, you know, then because, you know, you had obviously so much going on. I remember not hearing from you for a while. Right. Cause I mean, obviously you had all, you know what I'm saying? You had all this going on. And I remember I would like hit you up like, Hey man, what's going on? And you know what I'm saying? I'd stop by. But even then I like, it's, it's, it's a lot to, it's a lot, a lot of weight to, to bear and, and, shoulder but yet you got to pretend like everything's good because you got dude, like you know what I mean you I still had, got two baby girls to take care of I had to hide it from this shit like I'd have to hide them in the backyard when I'd have to call the fucking ambulance and shit I'd fucking it was dude it was more than I could bear yeah. it was um so, so mentally like, bro, that's it, it. It's so much. Like, you had all this going on, and then, like, you see your, you know, um, career and everything kind of take a halt, and you know, 
pretty much you had that one trajectory, you know what I'm saying? That one point where like it shot you this way trajectory, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, this was another defining moment. Um, and there was so much going on, man. Cause like, I remember seeing you of how you were, you know what I mean? Um, and I, I was going through my shit, but like, like I remember like genuinely being worried, you know what I mean? Because like I, because I knew you had all this stuff going on and I saw kind of the route you were going, you know what I mean? Um, but like, how did you deal with, you know, mentally, man, like obviously you were drinking, obviously, I mean, because I mean, I know I would have been, I was just drinking for fun, but like all this stuff going on, like I'd have been, but how would you manage all that stuff? But yet still, look at your girls and have to play that different, you know what I'm saying? Those two sides so that they don't really, um, so that they don't have to feel how you're feeling. You know what I'm saying? So you have to play that different role. How did you bear that, man? Like, like how did you deal with that? Well, when I thought it got to a certain point where I thought it was getting kind of visually grotesque for them to look at their mother, I didn't have anyone else to reach out to yeah. other than my mother. I didn't have any other family, anyone else to fucking ask to help. So I asked my mother if my girls could come and stay with her. I remember that. Yeah. 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 It was, she was getting visually it like it was starting to get really fucking bad. You know what I mean? It was just, it was getting to the point where I was looking at her and I was getting freaked out. Yeah. You know? <laughs> So I asked my mother if my if they could stay with her and uh she said yeah as long as I paid her six hundred dollars a month. Oh wow if she's a loving mother. Right. Right? <laughs> anyway, so that's really when I went off the fucking deep end. Once your kids were that, gone. Yeah. That's when I really started fucking drinking and not giving a fuck. Yeah. And uh, I did the only thing I knew how to do, which how I had established my self-confidence. How I built my personality from the fucking spineless piece of shit, piss-soaked, fucking beaten little kid to the fucking guy who was, you know, loving combat. Yeah. The only thing I knew how to do was to fucking, to feel confident, to feel safe, was to be a very violent person. Yeah. And that's what I did. You know, and I got drunk and I looked for people to fuck up. I was like, I drunk. <laughs> well, so I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because there's always one particular story that I always, that I always tell about you all the time when I always, uh, Tell people how crazy you were. Uh, <laughs> but we'll cover that one on a whole other episode. <laughs> um, how was the military treating you at this time? Were they supportive? Were they like, hey, man, like. I can't say enough about that, man. Those SF dudes at fucking, uh, at that company I was at. 
I got their fucking numbers on my phone to this fucking day, Sergeant Godoy. Good shit, man. And, um, dude, I can't say enough about it, man. Yeah. I, I can't say nothing bad about it. That's awesome, man. They, I'm, best support I've ever had in my motherfucking life from anyone in the motherfucking military ever, ever, right. ever, ever. Uh, and it didn't seem real. It didn't seem real how helpful they were. It didn't seem real. They, dude, it wasn't real. It wasn't real the way they helped me out. It was not real the way I stayed home for 18 months and did and took care of a dying human. And all I did was call them on the fucking phone. They were like, okay. Yeah. That's huge, man. And that's, I think that's so, um, like, that me, like that makes me happy to hear that. You know what I'm saying? That, that they were compassionate and, and understanding your situation and didn't just, cause like there is leadership out there and people out there that, that probably would be like, Hey man, Castaneda. yeah. Like you're still going to yeah. come in and check in every day. Like you're still going to, you know what I mean? Like there's people out there that do that shit, man. That'd be yeah. like, we understand you gotta, you know what I'm saying? Like do that, but you still got to come in and earn your paycheck <laughs> as they would say. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's crazy, man. So, what was the next? I mean, because you had another defining moment here shortly after this, right? As far as you know, what I'm saying, um, Angela, right? Yeah. Uh, um, Angela passing away, and then you had no choice but to. <clears throat> Get out. Yeah, it was over. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you had, I mean, there was no options. I mean, you had to take care of your kids, really. You know what I mean? And there was yeah, no was way. A, yeah. So that, that's a, that's a very auspicious fucking situation in itself when she died. Um, she, uh, the, eventually we had to have hospice care come in and, you know, the people that take care of people when they're fucking dying and shit. Yeah. And they kept saying, oh, it'll be any day now. It'll be any day now. You know, it'll be any day now. That went on for like three months. And there was, it was just the most unrelenting fucking torture, man. Like for probably like the last two weeks she was alive, she screamed nonstop. Just not like her eyes glazed over and got like a real gray look to them. And she really wasn't herself anymore. Right. And she kind of tremble and just kind of scream all the fucking time. And dude, it was just, I mean, it, it, for like two fucking weeks, man, it was just psychologically fucking destroying to hear someone just like screaming when they're dying. Right. And uh, there was one night I couldn't fucking take it anymore, dude. And uh, I walked into the room and I fucking screamed at her. And I said, Angela, you've got to fucking go now. <laughs> she took one more breath. Died. <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah, cause I, 
you know, just, you know, just thinking about that, it's, I mean, obviously at that time, like, you know, you don't want to see him in pain anymore. You don't want to, you know what I'm saying? You like, you'd rather than. No, no, that, yeah. And some of her family came down for like a little bit and they were like, oh, let's play for a fucking miracle. I'm like, no, you idiots. You need to pray for her to fucking die because this shit is fucking torture. Right. Well, you're seeing it every day, though. Like, you know what I'm saying? You were seeing it every day, and, and yeah. Here's the fucking icing on the fucking cake, man. The fucking type of cancer she had was non-treatable. You couldn't treat it. Uh, they knew that beforehand and didn't tell us that until she was going to die. So there was no point to amputate her fucking leg. Right. There was no point for her to do chemo. There was no point for her to do any of that. The the, tr- the cancer was non-treatable. There was nothing. You could, it's, it's a death sentence as soon as you fucking get it. Right. And they didn't tell us that. They fucking put her through chemo and cut her fucking leg off just to milk the fucking insurance, man. Where they could have just started giving her just, uh, what do they call that? Um, comfort of life or comfort or, or um, like, you know what I'm saying? Where they just trying to make the rest of their time um, pain, painless and bearable. I don't know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. But there ain't no money in that. Oh, there might well, be now. Well, yeah, of course but there's not. Chopping off fucking legs and fucking giving fucking multi-thousand dollar rounds of chemo. Oh, there's plenty of money in that. And dude, that's, so she suffered like that for no fucking reason. Yeah. And it, it, dude, it was so... And by, dude, So by the time all that fucking happened, by the time that was done, dude, I didn't care about being in the fucking army. I didn't care about being a fucking Green Beret. Who I didn't care about being fucking alive, dude. I, I wanted to watch the fucking world burn, dude. I was so fucking done with just existing. Bro, you were very destructive. Like, where I was, like, worried, like, and I think you know about one instance that I'm talking about with the motorcycle where I came and got you. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, right. like, I remember that day, man, like, that night, um, bro, I was genuinely, like, yo, like. I was like, just a person in pain, and I didn't know how to handle it, man. I, well, I was just a kid that didn't know what the fuck to do, you know? You know, that's. Like, who would know how to deal with that? And at that time, like, you didn't really have the family, like, I'm saying that was close by. So, like, how would anybody know how to deal with all that stuff going on? That's a, t- bro, that's, that's a lot. Like, yeah, a lot. <laughs> like that's a lot, man. Like, yeah. So, man. So, you decide to exit, or you say not decide. Well, I mean, you had no choice, so you you end up getting out the army. You you uh, ETSed out, um, and you moved back to West Virginia. Did you stick around here? I can't remember. No, see what happened was I got a compassionate reassignment from Bragg to West Virginia as a recruiter. recruiter. Now right. I remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just when you think things are going to get good, they don't. You know, right? Comp- Compassionate, compassionate reassignment. Um, um, just for like a lot of people because they're probably. I mean, oh, it, right. it, I mean, it makes sense. You know I'm saying it's it's in the words right there, but it's pretty much the army saying, "Hey, you've got a legit reason." You know, what I'm saying to be where you're requesting, whatever you know, what I'm saying area you're requesting, whether it's a recruiting to get back closer to home for family issues for you in your instance. Um, and I got my girls, you know, and I'm a it was either dad. that or get chaptered out. 
on the um, being a single parent family care thing. Yeah. For anybody listening that doesn't fucking know, you can't be a single parent in the fucking army right. unless you have someone that'll fucking take your kids. So if you're a single parent with custody of your fucking kids, they will kick you the fuck out. Right, because you actually got to show them a plan, don't you? you like, you, you actually got to be like, hey, if I deploy, yeah. if I got to stay late, if I'm weekends, X, Y, and Z. Statements and all that fucking yeah. shit. It's fucking legal. All right. So I didn't have that, and I was able to get a compassionate reassignment to West Virginia where my daughters were currently staying with my mother. Right. And, uh, but Hello? Alright, I'm sorry about that, guys. We had a little technical difficulties again. But, uh, alright. Joe. Yeah, um, I just got put back in West Virginia as a recruiter, and uh, which could have been good. You know what I'm saying? That could be a sham detail. Yeah, that could be some easy living. You know what I'm saying? Right. That could be uh, me living back in my hometown. Fucking, I knew I was going to eventually have to get out of the fucking army anyhow. It's just going to be an easy exit for me is what I fucking planned, you know? Yep. I moved back here, um, bought a house. I got put at a, a little recruiting station. Actually, the one I joined from, as a matter of fact. Really? Same recruiting station I joined from, yeah. That's pretty cool. And, uh, that was fucking, everything was going pretty good for a while, you know what I mean? Um, then I had my kids in school in the same fucking town. Then they decided to move me to a recruiting station about an hour and a half away. Right. Being the fact that I was a single parent, Kind of made it a fucking problem. Yeah. And the whole reason I got the compassionate reassignment to recruiting there was because I was a single fucking parent. It was for that purpose, yeah. But you know the fucking army. They yeah. don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. I don't care about your fucking problems, son. No, you got, sir. got two kids. We don't care. We need some fucking numbers, right? Because exactly. I'll look bad if you don't work hard. I get that. So I had to fucking... Go into fucking high schools every day and go be fucking Mr. Fucking Cool in the lunchroom every fucking day. Yeah. After my wife had just fucking died. My fucking life is fucking falling apart and losing my fucking career. I'm doing, I'm going to get kicked out of the army eventually. Yeah. And shit just kept getting worse, man. And uh, I kept making bad decisions, you know. Right. I kept fucking drinking more. I kept being more fucking reckless. I kept being more fucking violent. I kept getting into fucking trouble with getting in fights and shit. Did you become isolated? Did you start to become isolated? Not at that point in time, but I did in the future. Yeah. But I'm saying like at that height, like, okay, well, yeah, I guess that would make sense because you were still out there. Just, like you said, you're being reckless. So it wasn't like just drinking and just drinking by yourself and sulking. So like, you know, like for me, I became isolated and you know that, like, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the more my... <laughs> My drinking increased the more I just wanted to be away from everybody. So, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm just kind of curious about that. I you know, I like to ask everybody that because I kind of just want to see well, the, the different, I was always, different I was levels. I was always kind of isolated. Like, even back when I was at Bragg, if I wasn't hanging out with you, I wasn't hanging out with anybody else. You know what I, mean? I, was right. just, I was always kind of by myself. I was always kind of isolated. I've always kind of been like that anyhow. So, 
when I was drinking here during those times, I was drinking at the house by myself. You know what I mean? Right. I would go out, but only like if my mother was watching my daughters. You know what I mean, I'd go out and I'd fucking, I'd, I went out with fucking intentions, man. Yeah. I, yeah. I was, I was not being a mature man about the situation. I was being a fucking childish bitch about it. Honestly, I kept making bad fucking decisions. Dude, I, I just, I made real bad fucking decisions, man. I started, uh, I started hanging out with a bunch of motorcycle clubs and shit. Yeah. I, I, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's not a mature thing to do. I mean, I could have been a very smart individual, a mature man at the time and decided to fucking choose the right path. But I chose to be a fucking, I chose to fucking do bad shit. I chose to fucking go down a bad path. I chose to fucking get fucked up and fuck people up. I chose to start hanging out without all fucking clubs and stuff. You know? Well, you see no hope, man. Like you see no I, hope, you see no future. You're when, when you're in the middle of a storm, I never, and I never had any fucking hope to fucking begin with. Like never at yeah. any fucking point in my fucking life did I ever have anything to fucking hope and believe in, except yeah. for when I went to the fucking Q course and except for when I thought I finally fucking made it. Yeah. And then the fucking universe shits on my fucking life. And I was like, fuck it, dude. Fuck it. You know? What do we fuck say? It. What do you and I always say to each other? When it fucking rains, bro. <laughs> Like, like we're so used to, like we're so used to that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So, so how was this starting to affect work? Because it had to start bleeding in work. It had to have. Yeah, of course it did. That's what. There's one time I got into a fight at this fucking bar and showed. I had to give this presentation in this auditorium in front of like 1500 fucking people. Shit. I had this big ass fucking black eye and shit from just getting in a fucking fight the night before and shit. Um, that I was just a, I, dude, I was a very right. volatile person. You know what I'm saying? I was not fucking cool. I was still very psychologically fucking damaged. I was like a fucking grin. Just, I was oozing toxicity of how fucking fucked up I was. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was, yeah. I was, I started getting arrested a bunch. I started fucking getting DUIs, battery charges and shit. I was just shit. I was just fucking coming apart, man. I was fucking coming apart. Let me ask you this, because that cause that seems like a whole lot of trouble. Were you were you getting off a lot of time because like veteran and like stuff like that? So, you know, I always say this all the time. Like, I mean I'm glad I never got into some serious trouble, but I always I hate saying wish, but if I would have been reprimanded for like coming late, you know, years ago when you know, saying when my drinking started kind of becoming heavy, I would have woke up a lot earlier. Like, <laughs> like you get what I'm saying? Like there was never real, like, yeah, I got cussed out. I got talked to, but I never, like there was no true consequence. Like, well, also, man, I felt like I was above everyone else. I felt like I was above law enforcement. That's something that, yeah. that, combat did to me. I like, I felt like I was above everyone else. Like, okay, you can tell me what you want to fucking do all day, but I've seen some fucking real shit and I don't think you fucking seen it. Right. I know it's like that. You don't fucking know. Right. When you're on the fucking edge like that, like you were still turned on. Exactly. And that was also my safe place. Being turned on was my safe place. That's how I found my identity. That's how I found myself. And I was, that's really what, 
I was trying to just go to way. a safe place. I was trying to control it. You know what I mean? Yeah. The only way I knew how to fucking control the situation was to be like a, a a violent kind of evil fucking person. You know what I mean? And that was not the right answer. So through all of this, you know what the uh, the one thing that I've um, I was just thinking about that I picked up on how like music was your escape when you were younger and all that stuff. Through, it's always been my- right. But through all the story, like, like, were you, were you not doing music as much because you know, everything else took up your time, the, the, the drinking and the getting in trouble took up your time. So like, was, were you still playing guitar and I'm saying just to kind of escape or was that starting to become. It's always been my most passionate pursuit. I've, I've, I've always, always, even during all that time, I was still fucking, yeah, it's, it's always been my love. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's always been, that is, that's always been my, I don't know how to say it. Your solitude, your serenity. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. 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 yeah that, that was always my thing. Um, so all this is going on. Um, I remember talking to you here and there and, and, you know, I would hear these, but like I was going through my own shit. So to me, that was just like, oh, okay. Like he's just being Joe. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because like, because, <laughs> because, well, because I was still in my shit. So like, how can I be like, Hey Joe? Like, so to me, I'm like, eh, no. but like, you get what I'm saying? Cause I was in my own mess also. So like seeing you go through all that, it wasn't like nothing crazy. But now that we're in a whole other level in our lives and I look back to all that shit, I'm like, fuck. Dude, I look back on it and I, I, <laughs> yeah. dude, I just, man, people out there listening might think they have regret over some shit. That's all. Yeah. I cringe at the fucking, at the, then, and to the path that I was going down and what it eventually led to, you know, which, you know, the most devastating thing that ever fucking happened to me in my fucking life. Um, so all this is going on, man. When, at, when was the aha moment? It didn't come for quite a while, man. Really? It didn't come for like a couple years after this. It took a lot more pain and suffering, and a lot more fucking horrible mistakes that I'm still paying for today, right. for it to ever come. What eventually fucking happened uh, was I ended up losing custody of my daughters. Um, to your mom, right? Right, right, right. You probably heard me say this before. Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Yeah, I got that written down on one of these next cards around here. Man, it's it's true for bad luck or good luck, right? Yep. And I definitely prepared myself for bad luck. At the present state, mental state I was in, the way I was acting and how violent I was, I had traumatized my fucking daughters, man. Right. I fucking hurt them. I psychologically fucking damaged them, dude. Right. There isn't a day that I don't want to rip my fucking eyes out when I think about it. And having put them through that, they were very scared of me. They were very frightened of me. 
And that is what led to my mother being able to take custody of my daughters. That justifying it. Right. Right. But what actually eventually fucking did it was that she had a she was a psychiatrist that she was seeing. She had the psychiatrist write a letter to the judge, didn't appear in court, just had the psychiatrist write a letter saying that I was mentally unstable. And she was, I don't know if I just said this, but she was also paying the psychiatrist $300 an hour in cash. So it was kind of one of those situations of, well, if you don't write the letter, there's no more cash. Yeah. So a doctor wrote a letter to a judge saying that I was mentally compromised. So a judge therefore cannot go against that word. Otherwise the court is then liable. Right. And that was really what sealed the fucking fate on that. And since I had a disability rating for PTSD through the fucking uh, VA. I made it easier. I can't fight that. Right. And that was, there was no low. I mean, there is no low like that low, man. There is no, I mean, and I can't even fucking blame it on anybody else, man. I can't even fucking say, well, what about this? Well, what about that? What about this? Despite all the fucking horrible things that did happen, I still chose to be a piece of fucking shit. I still chose to be a fucking drunk. I still chose to be violent. I still chose to fucking try to be an outlaw. I still chose to fucking do all these stupid fucking things. And those yeah. are, it's all my fucking fault. And I prepared myself to let a piece of shit like my fucking mother sneak in there and fucking do that shit to me. Right. I laid the fucking ground plans for that, dude. There's no one to fucking blame for that. And I hurt my fucking kids, man. I hurt my fucking children to the point where they were fucking terrified of me. They didn't want to see me. Right. And that wasn't even the bottom, man. Really? That wasn't that wasn't even the fucking bottom. That was the start of the fucking bottom. Right. But for me, there was never one fucking moment. It was a progression of fucking a series it's of a conglomerate, series. Right. Nobody hit a fucking magic button and I fucking decided to fucking change my fucking shit. It was a little hint here, a little hint here, a little hint here. It kept building momentum, yeah. You know? Right. So you were making so, cha- so you were making changes along the way, but they were very small. But you were making you were you were you were adjusting fire, pretty much. Right, right, yeah, 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 you sure. But I was I I still had not I would not be honest with myself about how bad I was fucking up. You know what I mean? Right. Because if I honest about how bad I was fucking up then I had to actually come to emotional terms with the fucking trauma that I had been through and I did not know how to do that I couldn't I I couldn't you know what I mean I had to distract myself so what happened from there was uh, I ended up getting remarried I forgot about that I forgot about that. And kids. Yeah, that's right. uh, If you've never seen a successful relationship before between your parents, chances are you're not going to have one when you're a big boy. Right. You know, so 
I married a person I shouldn't have married. And, uh, however, that is how I have my son now, which is one of the, which is a blessing, right? has been such a, a changing force in my fucking life for good. I mean, yeah. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be where I am today for sure. I married that dumb bitch. And, uh, uh, we, we, uh, we, we split up pretty much shortly after we got fucking married. As soon as she got pregnant, she went fucking cuckoo. And, uh, started trying to dominate the relationship and tell me that I had to do what she said or she would take my son away from me and never let me see him again, the typical shit. Yeah. And, um, would just fucking very toxic. Yeah, man. She started fucking, she would attack me, like physically attack me and try to get me to hit her back so she could call the cops and shit. Right. You know? And I'm not saying this like I was a good guy at the time. I mean, I was a bad dude. I mean, I was, I was not a good guy. And yeah. that's why she was attracted to me. So what kind of woman is attracted to a guy that's in a situation like that? You know, and I was a fucking mess. She fucking wanted to marry me. Right, right. Anyways, split up from that bitch. And uh, it was, uh, this is really what, this is really the moment when shit fucking started to turn around for me. I was still in a very toxic, violent mindset. And, uh, this dude I'd been buying weed off of. I was out of the army this time. Yeah. Backstory. Hold on. <laughs> so I got out of the fucking army and they gave me a $20,000 severance check. Cool, huh? Ooh. No, not really. Cause, cause... Right? No, not really. No, not really. <laughs> no, it was not cool, in fact. It, it, it should be cool, but I already know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, in fact, not cool. Right, yeah. right. I had to pay that bitch back. Damn. If I went, if I, when I went to the to the VA for my disability checkup, if I wanted to get anything from the VA, I had to pay back the twenty thousand, oh. which I had to pay back. Right. Anyway, anyway. So I forgot that part, but. At this point in time, here we are now, I had left my fucking new wife and uh, had texted this dude I'd been buying some weed off of, been smoking some weed. Yeah. And uh, he got a hold of some mushrooms, psilocybin mushrooms. Right. And so I was excited about that. And I was excited about that for a couple of reasons. And one of them is... Uh, I can't remember what I had watched. It was probably a Joe Rogan podcast or something. Probably. (laughs) Probably. But it was somebody talking about how mushrooms could be very healing, like for PTSD and trauma and shit. Right. So I had had that in my mind and had really been kind of seeking them out specifically just for that, not for any kind of recreational purposes. It's because I knew I was really mentally fucked up and needed fucking help. Right. And so I had just get, got done texting this dude. I said, if you don't bring me those mushrooms, I'm going to break your fucking back. Dude, I was going to fuck this dude up. <laughs> didn't bring me the fucking mushrooms. Really? No bullshit. Right when I fucking text this dude, he fucking rings my doorbell and shows up at my fucking house. Mystical fucking shit. Yeah. It really fucking, it really fucking happened like that. He comes in the house, gives me the mushrooms. 
Kiwis. I was all alone at this time. I was in solitude. You know, I was all by myself and shit. And um, so I fucking eat them hoes. And man, if that wasn't the fucking that was, I don't even know how to start to go into this. I'm gonna cry. Right, this whole fucking time. <laughs> nah, bro. Shit, man. Bro, this is this, this is fucking raw, man. Dude. Raw, and I love it. Why <clears throat> these fucking mushrooms, man? I cried tears of joy for about six fucking hours. Yeah, I. It was like it was thirty years of fucking love I had never ever had in my fucking life. Right. was flowing through me non-fucking-stop. It was the most beautiful fucking experience I've ever fucking had in my life. It was... I was... It was like it was flushing my fucking soul out, man. I just never felt these emotions of fucking... These emotions at all before. These, these positive fucking emotions before. It was fucking... It was... I, I felt like it was repairing the circuitry in my fucking brain, man. Right. There was a, a point in the trip where I laid down on my fucking couch and uh, I just felt compelled to lay down on my, on my couch. And uh, I laid down and like the couch kind of like started eating me. Like I was kind of moving into the fucking couch and something pulled my mouth open and there were three entities that were standing over top of me. And it was like, I was laying on this uh, exam table and it was like, these three entities were technicians and they were repairing me. They were like, (laughs) they were not compassionate, but they were indifferent to who I was and they were just doing their job, but they were, I could tell that they were very aware of how fucked up I was. Right. But they were just like, hey, we got to fix this shit. We got to fix this shit. Like, fuck, this motherfucker's fucked up. But there were three entities just, like, doing surgery on me. Like, this is all on my fucking trip, you know? Yeah. And while while this is happening, I'm, I'm shown a three-dimensional... It's, Hard to hard to explain for anybody that hasn't fucking tripped on mushrooms. It sounds fucking ridiculous, but I was shown a, a three dimensional representation of what forgiveness was. Right, and forgiveness is a stupid word because when you say forgiveness, it makes it sound like you're giving something away. But what forgiveness really is is identifying with whatever happened to you being able to articulate that situation, then being able to get an understanding of that situation, being able to gain acceptance from that understanding, then being able to move forward in your life from that fucking, from that understanding, from that acceptance. And I didn't know what forgiveness was, but that's the mechanical process of, of what forgiveness is. And I had so many things in my life that I had no forgiveness for, that I had so much hate for, I had so much contempt for, I had so much bitterness for. And it was it was a toxicity. It was a fucking, a leaking fucking toxic battery in my fucking life. And I, 
I do not think that I could have made the change that I fucking did to get on the right path yeah. to had not been for the fucking mushrooms, man. I don't think there's, there's no kind of medication, no kind of fucking therapy. Yeah. That, that, there's nothing like that. That's ever going to, was that kind of fucking, that's why I went through that fucking long story of telling me how fucked up I was from, you know, from the, the backstories of Westford fucking Virginia. Right, right. <laughs> fucking point i don't think there's anything except for fucking psychedelics that can repair that kind of fucking damage you know what i mean i've been doing more and more research and you and i have had extensive conversations on this um right um and this is why like i can't wait to actually officially retire and and you know what i mean and and you know i'm gonna go do a ayahuasca trip on Impson and i want to go do a uh a, a retreat for you know what i'm saying the the uh the toad, the uh, DMT, you know what I'm saying? I want to yeah. do a DMT, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? We talked about that, you know what I mean? You and I talked about, you know what I'm saying? Um, that, like, I've, I've heard nothing, nothing but, like, positive things about it as far as, like, for wellness and well-being. Like, I've heard nothing but great things about it, man. And um, I have already, like, you know, uh, started kind of like thinking and making plans. Yeah, man. So like when I get out, like, like I, like I want to go do these things and I just want to like let go of everything and, 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 and start this new, uh, fresh journey, you know what I'm saying? Of life after I get out, you know? Um, yeah. So you explaining it like that, um, just gets me more excited to like, finally, you know what I'm saying? To get out and, 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 you know, go do, a full experience. The, the biggest part about it is, is the mindset you have going into it. I went into it with knowing I needed to be healed. Yeah. With knowing I was fucked up. Right. Because you go into it, it's like, you got to sacrifice unto God. You have to give unto God. And when you go meet God through the fucking mushroom or fucking ayahuasca, whatever it is, you got to be willing to fucking sacrifice. You got to give something up. Right. You try to be tough. It, it will fucking punish you. Exactly. That's where bad trips come. You got to go in like, okay, show me what I fucked up. Let me be exposed. Yeah. You have to be willing to be exposed to have this shit to fucking, that's the only way you get to fucking healing, man. You got to fucking, you know, for someone like myself, it's very hard to fucking let down the guard, which has protected me in my entire fucking life and let myself yeah. be exposed. It's my, you know what I mean? It's like the most sacred thing I have is how I can defend myself, you know? Right. And it's, that's, it's what's made you survive this fucking far. Why, why change anything? I mean, it's well, been working. Man, the, like, like, well, it's I, been working to an extent, but you know what I mean? So like in your mind and anybody else's mind, if you've been doing something and, and you survive, like it, you're always like, why should I change anything? Like I'm still, you know what I'm saying? I'm still alive. I'm still, you know what I'm saying? Uh, living. So why change anything else? Well, and, I think it was Carl Jung that said that that which protected us in our youth is that which sabotages us, you know, in our adulthood. Right. You know, that's, that's definitely true in my case. What I used to protect myself, you know, was a necessary vehicle at the time, but eventually it became something that was toxic to me, you know? Right. And that's, that's, that's you know, that's just the evolution of nature. You know, things change with age, you know, things, you know, things change. I, it, it, you know, you got to love your fate. How else? It couldn't have been any better for me, you know, that I ended up the way I did only to change the way I did, you know? And, uh, through, yeah, this, through being an honest person, going into the experience of taking mushrooms, ended up for it being a very positive experience for me. But that wasn't the fucking magic button, you know. Right, you it had wasn't to work fucking, 
yeah, that was just something that really set shit on fucking. And I'm not gonna fucking lie. There was some magical shit that fucking happened after I took the fucking mushrooms. I just fucking changed a lot. Right. I was not the fucking psycho, violent, fucking aggressive person I was. I really fucking changed a lot. You know what I mean? It really did have a significant impact on who I was. You know what I mean? It really kind of changed my personality. And um, shit went on from there, up and down. Um, but one thing that did kind of main constant is I kept doing mushrooms, not recreationally, not recreationally, like just doing them to get high and fucked up off of. I would do them intermittently when I got them. And then when I got a large supply, I started microdosing them. Right. Yeah. I've heard a lot about and, that. <clears throat> yeah. Very good results from that shit, man. Very, very good results for what it does as far as, uh, neuroplasticity and shit. Uh, I did, I started, when I started doing that is when I started doing jujitsu. And that was also a really big turning point in my life because it, it, it gave me something to suffer for again. It was also very satisfying to be successful at, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was really what I needed at that point in my life to it was very similar to the military, you know what I mean? Structure, discipline. You, you, yeah, and you got it kind of sucks, you know what I'm saying? But it, but every now and then it feels real good to fucking win, you know yeah, what I mean? Yes. Yeah. But the the winning doesn't even come remotely close to how bad it sucks to lose. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Is extreme motivation from failure, and uh, having doing starting jujitsu and then with with the mushroom man just really put me on a very very positive very positive fucking um, trajectory where did I go from there talking about how jujitsu uh uh you know was giving you that same uh you know, structure and, and, and feeling being a military and, 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 and kind of start right. really like, yeah. Yeah. So for, from there, the, the growth that came from there was I started getting much more disciplined in my life because over the extent of all the, the shit I was feeling sorry for myself for, I became a very undisciplined person. You know what I mean? I'd quit working out. I'd quit doing fucking cardio. I'd quit fucking being strict on my fucking diet. I'd, I'd gave up on a lot of things. You know what I mean? I was drinking all the fucking time. I was probably smoking cigarettes too. I know I was definitely smoking cigarettes at some point down there. All right. So when I, the mushrooms gave me hope. And through the mushrooms, I, I, I got into fucking doing jujitsu. And through doing jujitsu, it got me into fucking wanting to be structured and fucking disciplined again. And being structured and disciplined again, I started fucking controlling my fucking diet. You know, there's a there's a quote that I've loved that's uh, tend to the garden you can touch. And that that's really important for anybody that's really going through some fucking serious shit. Because if you're going through a lot of different stress, you stress makes you want to control everything now. It makes you want to affect change now. But you have to tend to the garden you can touch. And so for me, the garden I could touch, what I could tend to, what I could really affect and change on was the things in my life where I could have discipline control over, which was like exercise, which was fucking diets, 
which was fucking, uh, you know, die as far as the things I, I let myself consume visually, you know, social media and so forth. You know what I mean? I became a lot more strict on myself. And that really became what I call now one of my lighthouses yeah. in my life. And what I mean by that when I say lighthouses is uh, I came to this conclusion, like this analogy that uh, life is kind of like you're sitting in the ocean sometimes and waves come waves come and they crash over you and it fucking sucks you know what I mean because you're getting fucking if anybody's ever got hit by a wave before you go through the spin cycle it comes up you <laughs> in the phone uh, I fucking get it's tossed, horrible, you know yeah. I mean? oh it's it's, it's scary you get through one wave wow you get hit by fucking another yep. wave right yep. and that's kind of similar to how fucking life is with fucking problems it is you get hit by a problem and as soon as you think you're getting your head above the water you get hit by a fucking other one yeah. You know what? That sucks. Unless you know how to surf, then those waves aren't a fucking problem anymore. Those waves aren't a fucking problem if you know how to harness the fucking momentum. You know what I mean? Right. And if you're getting that the fucking the ocean, it ain't the fucking ocean's fault that there's fucking waves. It's your fault because you don't know how to fucking surf. If you don't know how to fucking surf, it's because you don't know how to fucking appropriately address your fucking problems. And one thing that helps you maintain your position when you're getting fucking hit by the waves and you're lost and you don't know what's going on is having lighthouses. And when the fucking storm is coming, you can look at the fucking beach and you can triangulate and see, okay, I know where I'm at. It's going to be okay. And yeah. what I used for my lighthouses were my fucking, my physical fitness and my fucking diet. Like no matter what the fuck happens, I fucking run. No matter what happens in like, like we were talking about earlier, I woke up at 1.30 this morning. Man, that fucking sucked. Yeah. Threw me off my fucking, threw me off my fucking routine. Yeah. You know what? It was 12 degrees when I left the house this morning with three inches of snow and I still ran six fucking miles. You know why? Because that's my fucking lighthouse. I right. do that no matter fucking what. No matter what the fucking storm is. No matter what's going on in my fucking life, I'm going to fucking do that because I know that's one thing I have that I can control. That's the garden I can cut. Right. That's the one thing I can maintain. That and my fucking diet. I can I can control what I fucking eat. That kind of discipline, that kind of suffering gives me a, a, a sensation of fucking freedom. And when you when when you put yourself in that mind when you put yourself in that mindset, when you control your life in little ways with discipline like that, it puts you in the position to be able to see your problems fucking coming so you're not reacting to them all the time. You're not you're not you can what's the, what's the, what's what's the way to say it? You're proactive instead of reactive. Yeah, I think right. that's the right way to say it. Yeah. You see them come as opposed to just fucking waiting to get hit by your fucking problems. And when yeah. you see your problems coming, you can use that you can use that momentum to push you forward. And this is how you you to deal with them. When better. you see a fucking exactly. And and then when you see your fucking problem coming and you don't let it fucking smash you against the fucking shore and you, you let it fucking push you forward, then you come out of the other side saying, you know what? I just fucking beat that bitch. Yep. You just leveled up. But I feel this massive dopamine release. And it's often being able to fucking focus in the fucking moment and see when your problems are fucking coming. That takes a lot, though, man, to get to that point. Like, oh, yeah. bro, you got to have, like, well, a lot of people never get to that point. Yeah. A lot of people don't. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the goal. I mean, I, I'm definitely not there. That, that is my goal is to get it's there. Every, I'm there. Every now and then I catch a wave. Every yeah. now and then I catch a wave. Yeah, that Well... So me and so me and a buddy talked about it there. You just said something about how you're not there yet. You know what I'm saying? Um, once you've been there, 
mentally and, and you've had all these downfalls and you've had you know, you've gone through all this stuff and you thought there was no end um and you work on yourself and you get better and you see the light and now it's sunshine right you still got to work at it every day you're not there yet like every once day. like once you let go you know um we talked about this the other day and, and what i was saying to him was that's where i fucked up when i got when i went to treatment and i came back i was like yo i'm fixed like I'm good. Like you know what I mean? I was like, yo, I'm good. Like I fixed up my problems. Like, you know. Um right. I'm not depressed anymore. But nah, man, that wasn't the case. Like I still had to work at it. I still, you know, I I still had to uh put my gas on uh, I, I mean, put my foot on the gas and still keep uh still keep going, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a work in progress all the time, man. Um and so fitness and jujitsu is what kind of, you know what I'm saying? Well, I'm obviously still aside and helped out, helped out big time. And, uh, which I can't wait to, to try when I get out. Um, but so were, were things, um, really, really starting to shape up for you? Like, you know, once you kind of got that path and you got the outlook and you, and you were like, all right, let me get this shit together. Let me, you know, over. Th- yeah, hold on. Let me turn my light on so you can see. <laughs> that better than that. Yeah. So, really, when things really started getting better for me, was around this time two years ago and kind of an odd situation the way it turned out but i think it's when i texted you and told you i just beat the fuck out of somebody in my kitchen you remember that i remember that yeah and it was a blessing in disguise man um so for anybody listening out there, it benefits you to be in therapy if you're looking at a battery charge. So I quickly went and put myself in therapy. <laughs> and uh, so Dan, did, I met- did a lawyer tell you, were you just like, all right, you know what? I got to go. No, I just knew. Oh, you just knew, you just knew it was that. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? It's one of the tricks of the trade. Yeah. Experience. Right. I ended up meeting one of the best, the most beautiful, best people in my fucking life. And uh, that was my psychiatrist. Um, I went to the VA and uh, was like, look, you know, this, that, and the other. And uh, started seeing a psychologist, which I didn't really like at all. Which, you know, it's always hit and miss. Right. You know, you, it's, it's very, in my experience, it's very hit and miss, you know, who you're compatible with when you want to talk to him, you know? Yeah. But I met the psychiatrist and uh, first person, as far as therapy goes, that I've ever actually trusted, that felt like I could trust, you know, that I connected with, that I felt I could talk to and be honest with. And also, me never ever having a mother. Right. I think it was really good for me to to have a female in my life that I felt that I intellectually respected. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that 
just hit me on a DNA level. That was something I really needed, you know? And that's, that was two years ago. And that's really when, you know, the culmination of events, mushrooms, fucking this, that, and the other, everything leading up, leading up, leading up, leading up, whipping that dude's ass. One of the, the most satisfying ass weapons I've ever dealt out, by the way. But then going to see that psychiatrist and she was, uh, I was lucky the, the way she was trained as a psychiatrist was as a therapist. You know, normally a psychiatrist just prescribes medication, but yeah. she was trained as a therapist. So I go and talk to her and I talk to her like she's a psychologist. We talk about my problems and my fucking issues. And she gives me suggestions and this, that, and the other shit. And, and she's honest with me and she's firm with me. And, but I respect her opinion, you know? Yeah. And it gives someone to be accountable to, you know? Yep. That's really, I think, what the most important thing was, is I didn't have anyone in my life that I respected enough to be accountable to. And I think a lot of people, if they have parents, they don't have that problem. If they respect yeah. their parents, because they always think that they need to be accountable to their parents and not dis- disappoint them. But I never had that, you know? My parents were fucking losers. I passed my parents up fucking early in the game. <laughs> but, Bro. Happened, uh, but talking to her, I saw her every week for, for I think maybe six months, saw her every week. Yeah. And uh, me having someone that I don't want to let down, I don't want to disappoint her. Every time I go and talk to her, I want her to know that I'm doing fucking better. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just having that. Man, it's just, just that, just that, just having that has made one of the biggest differences in my life. Yeah. I, I agree with you 110%, man. Um, I've been seeing, um, with a lot of us, <coughs> as I do these podcasts, a lot of us have the same, uh, like that same moment where we're like being held accountable and being accountable, you know saying being accountable to somebody was big for us because you don't want to let nobody down. Like you don't want to let that person down, especially when they're putting in the work for you and they're actually being compassionate and they're actually trying to help you and they're actually trying to be there for you. You know, you don't want to let them down. And I think that also that comes down to the type of people we are too. You know what I mean? Cause a lot of, cause there's some people out there that just don't give a fuck, you know? But I think when you have that, that, um, if you still have a little bit in you, if you still yeah. got a little bit of you know what I mean? If you yes, still have a little spark of good in you, you still want to do something right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was like the first time you started seeing it. Well, the third aha, like the first moment, really, right? Um, and things started to, to turn around for you and look up for you. Um, cause I think it was around this time when we reconnected a lot more, we started talking a little more right, right, right. frequently than we did before. And, um, I think I kept saying like how I could see the changes in you because like you were just a completely different person. Like, well, you know what I'm saying? The things you were talking to me about, um, and the things that you were sharing with me was completely different from how we used to have our conversations in the past. Um, well, there's something I got to bring up that. You're saying that I, I can't believe I forgot to bring this up because this is one of the biggest parts. So, uh, bef- before, no. So it was about the same time that I whipped that dude's ass mm-hmm. and started going to therapy again. I was in school. I was to be a paramedic. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yes. But, but getting it, but 
that fight with that dude is what fucked it all up for you, didn't it? No, 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 no okay, no, okay, okay. No. Yeah, no, that was that was okay. So I'm in school to be a paramedic, and uh, I got in a fight with this guy over over the, the Christmas break, whatever it was. It, you know, it was okay. Go back to school, and when I go back to school, as a part of the paramedic course, you have to do what they call ride time, which is where you have to go out on ambulances and shit and do like live calls and shit. Yep. And just, you know, get to, you know, do the job. And uh, lucky as fuck, man, I get paired up with this guy named Dustin Hazlett. And Dustin Hazlett used to be a UFC fighter. Right. And uh, I actually was training at the gym that he started training at. And uh, so we... We're, we're working together and shit like for 12 hour shifts and stuff, you know? So I start talking to him about Christianity and shit about philosophy and the Bible and stuff, you know, like I'm not a Christian, but I know I've read the Bible quite a bit, you know, I know quite a bit about it. So I'm talking to him, but at, at this point in my life, I was looking for some kind of structure. I was looking for like some kind of framework as a new direction to take my life, you know what I'm saying? is something to build upon because I knew I needed to change. I knew I needed a new direction, but I didn't know what to put it on, you know what I mean? I, I needed something like Christianity, some kind of framework like that, but I'm not a Christian, you know? Right. And I'm talking to dude about this shit, and he starts telling me about Stoic philosophy, about uh, Seneca, Marcus Aurelius, and Epictetus. Yep. And so I start reading these fucking dudes. I start reading these dudes every fucking day. I start reading these dudes every day like I can't fucking get enough of it. And it spoke to my fucking soul. It was all about honesty and discipline and shit. It was all, all about fucking how nature works. It was about loving your faith, about how the obstacle in the way becomes the way. The impediment to action advances action. Uh... It was all about fucking overcoming fucking trauma and tragedy and shit. It spoke directly to my fucking soul. And when you and I reconnected, those are the things I was telling you when I was always like telling you these quotes. It was these readings and these shit, these fucking dudes I was reading. That's so philosophy, man. And that became not my new religion, but that became the new framework for my fucking life. Yeah. it's all about being an honest person, all about, uh, you know, going at the obstacle that stands in your fucking way as opposed to, you know, trying to get around it, you know, about just being a good person. That, you know, it was it was all those, those culminations of the fucking events happening in that fucking synchronous fucking order that, you know, not like I'm a healed fucking person now, but... Fuck, am I not in a better fucking place than I fucking was, man? Yeah. Where I fucking was in 2010, as opposed to where I'm at fucking right now, I'm not even the same fucking human, dude. Isn't that a beautiful thing, though? It's it's it's, it's so beautiful to like. The re- redemption is real. Bro. Redemption is real. Yeah, man. You can, you can fuck up like me and still come out on the other fucking side and like. Even though I fucked it up with my fucking daughters, I talked to, to fucking Haley every single fucking day. Yeah, every fucking day I talked. Bro, that put my smile on my face, man, when you told me that uh, uh, a couple of weeks, like I think a couple of weeks ago when you told me that, man. That put a huge smile Dude, on my I- face, man, because nothing hurts more um, to a man that wants to be a father than not being in your father, in your kids' lives, like like that, you know what I mean? Like when you want to be a father and, and so... 
I knew how much that was hurting you because obviously I went through that too. But you know, saying so when you told me that you had reconnected with her, bro, that like first of all, that gave me hope for my for all situation. But at the same time, like I was so happy for you. You know what I mean? Because I know how bad you had like uh, yearned for it. You know what I mean? And how bad you know what I'm saying? You needed not even just wanted it, but you needed it. You know, it's tough, man. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Dude. There is nothing on this fucking earth that I want more than that. I don't give a I don't give a fuck about anything. The only thing I fucking care about is fixing that. Fixing that. There's nothing matters to me other than fixing that. That is the only thing that makes a difference to fucking me. That and fucking making sure I don't fuck it up with my son. You said something before, man, and and you just saying something right now regarding um, you know, that's the one thing you wanted. That's the one thing you need. The fucked up thing about that is. Um, when people know how bad that's all you want is to be a father, it's just that much easier for them to take it away from you. You know what oh, I mean? No. <laughs> like, and, and I know this is going to sound shitty, but like, I kind of like look back and wish I, I, I would have probably not showed as much care so that I would have had my kids. <laughs> but the more I showed, well, I wanted to be in their life. And because I mean, those are my babies, you know what I mean? Um, it would happen to me. Yeah. The more I cared, or they knew they could use that to hurt me. Well, yeah, because or I've, I've said before, I don't, I don't mean this, but I've said before, I wish I never had children if I knew they were only going to be used to hurt me. You're right, know? man. It's before my son was ever born, my my wife at the time said that she would take me away from him and never let me see him again. Before he was ever born, she was trying to do that. You know. Imagine how much of an evil human being you have to be to hold a child from their uh, parent. Well, I think it only the only women that do that are women that didn't have a good father. Right. I mean, that's exactly like well, my, my that's exactly like my ex. Yeah. I mean, her dad wasn't, you know what I'm saying? Like her, everybody in her family, uh, you know, don't have fathers in their lives. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it, it's very easy. You know what I mean? But, um, I think about that all the time. I'm always like, you know, and it's just not my situation, your situation, but we have fucking how many of our brothers out there that same situation. And I think about that and I'm just like, how evil a person you got to be to take somebody's child away from them like that. Just for your, own, for your own gain, you know what I mean? For your own gain to hurt that person because you're angry at some bullshit, you know? I had my own mother do it to me, man. I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man. <sighs> So you're in a whole nother fucking day and night, man. Yeah, I'm a different person than I was back then, man. Not even that, but like even from three, four months ago to now you, you know what I'm saying? You and Haley having that connection. That's bro, that's a huge step, man. It was one of the the, the dude, I'm I'm telling you, man, like I'll wake up in the middle of the night. Like it, I can't sleep because it shit fucks with me. So bad. I, yeah. It's it's a it, it's the most important thing to me in my fucking life, man. And it, and it's the most important thing. What else is there in life? What is more important than that? What yeah. is, there's nothing more important than that. Like I caused what will be decades of fucking pain for them. Yeah, decades of fucking pain for them. And if I don't fucking fix that. Yeah. Dude, uh, if there's a fucking life after this, I don't want to go into it with that over me. Fuck no. I, there's not, I, I got to fix that, dude. I agree with you, man. Um, yeah, man, not having my kids in my life, bro. Like, I mean, you know, because... 
I mean, you know, <laughs> that's Absolutely. that's for a whole nother time. But um, yeah, man, like, you know, seeing you connecting back with Haley, like just gives me that hope. And, and I look forward to that because I see, how, you know, seeing how happy you are. Um, and, you know, I wish that just for anybody who doesn't have their kids and who their kids were taken away from them like that. You know what I mean? Just 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 to, just to hurt that person, man. I because there's no because there's no better feeling. Than having your kids back in your life, you know what I mean. What I had to, what I had to do, was that I had to reassess what my relationship with them was going to be, what my interaction with them was going to be. You uh, know, yeah. I talked about that first time she hit me up. She texted me on the phone and she was all pissed off at me. She was kind of being a bitch to me, kind of being very. She was trying to fuck with me, and I snapped back at her. I told you about that. Like, yeah, I got, I got to back with her. You know. Yep. I do remember that. The mindset like, you ain't going to talk to me like that. I don't give a fuck who you're fucking talking to. Yeah. You're not going to talk to me like that. That was, that was the attitude I had. And I fucked up big when I did that. I yeah. fucked up real big when I did that because I don't get to do that no more. I don't get to fucking talk to her like that no more. I get to be her fucking friend. Yeah. I get to part, be the fucking person that she can trust. Yep. She's scared of me. She's not going to fucking trust me. If she thinks I'm going to be aggressive with her, if she thinks that there's this fucking boundary, yeah. I should have been overjoyed that she felt confident enough to be aggressive toward me. Right. Okay, that's, fucking, that's, how, that's the approach I should have had, but my ego wouldn't get out of the fucking way. My ego wouldn't let me fucking say, your daughter's talking to you, asshole. What are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to be fucking tough. You ain't going to talk to me like that. I mean, I just fucking thank God. Thank God that I was able to fucking, it took months from there, but thank God that she was willing to talk to me fucking again, man. I had to reassess, the way I had to reassess my relationship with her was, I had to, I had to generate fucking trust, man. How do you generate trust with somebody that, that you had no, it's hard, yeah, right. It's it's hard to start from ground zero to fucking get that momentum. You get that fucking momentum, fucking swinging from zero. You know. What yeah. I mean? But I know for myself, it's not <laughs> how I destroyed the relationship by being aggressive with her is not going to be how I fucking fix it. Yeah, that's one thing that I know that I learned from you. Um, as far as that was, um, you know that I'm not, that I'm I'm definitely gonna have to and 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 that goes for anybody, man. Like you have to stop and reassess the situation. Like you have to, you know what I'm saying? Because 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 all it's gonna take is for you to approach it the wrong fucking way and lose your chances and and fuck it all up. You know? Did it? Yeah. 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 Um. And I think about that all the time, man, because like ever since you told me that one time and you told me how you regretted, you know what I'm saying, how you, how you, how you, uh, dealt with that situation. Like, I do think about that too. Like, man, like my daughter's gonna be mad and she's going to talk to me in, in some way. And I always go, well, I'll, you know, I'm not going to take that. But then now that I think about it, cause you said it, I'm like, well, she's not wrong for feeling like that. Yeah. And that's a fucking hard pill to swallow dog. Right. But, but. Like you can't push them away any further. You know what I'm saying you can't push them away any further just because you feel, oh well, you know, even though I did nothing wrong and, my, and I'm saying they were taken away from me, it's not their fault for being angry because they don't know the full story. They don't know what's going on. They only know what they hear and what they're told. Um, so, like for me, um, you telling me that 
I have thought about it since then, and I I think about it all the time because the time's gonna come soon where I get to see my kids again. You know what I mean? And I think about that uh-huh. all the sing all every single time I think about that and go, man, I'm gonna have to <sighs> swallow my pride some, and you know, if I get talked to some way, if I get you know what I'm saying, yell at or whatever, then it is what it is. It'll pass. Um, but you got to let them vent. You got to let them go through their anger too. You can't let them bottle it in like how, you know, we bottled in all our stuff from the past. Like, you know what I'm saying? You can't let them, you can't, you got to allow them the free reign to express their emotions and express their feelings to you. No matter how much time has passed and no matter how hard that pill is to swallow or whatever they say to you, you just got to let them go. You got to let them speak their mind and, and vent. Yeah, man. Um, Fuck, man. Bro, I, I appreciate you being so fucking <laughs> candid and, 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 and open, man. This is going to be great. Sorry um, for crying all over your podcast. Nah, nah, no, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, this stuff's not going to get, the video won't be posted up for a while. But, hey, man, you're being real anyway. So, you know, nah, man, hey, bro, like, um, you know, the more and more I, I do these, like, there's certain things that, that, that get touched on that, that, uh, touch me very, you know what I'm saying? Very deeply, man. And, and, and that's why I love doing this right now, man. Cause like it gives everybody, I mean, even though we all know we're all going through things, but to hear somebody else that's gone through something similar and you get to sit back and go, okay, let me take note of that. Let me listen to what they said, even though it's, you know, it's similar, but it's a little different, but I still can take what they learned from it and how they got through it. Let me go ahead and apply that to my situation right now. I know, you know, um, I think this one's going to be a good one, man, because like I said, I learned something from you as regarding to my kids, you know, and, and how I'm going to, and how I'm going to deal with that situation when the time does come, when I get them back, um, eventually. Um, but man, bro, I appreciate you sharing your story, man. Like I really do, man. Um, um, so Remember I told you that I, you know what I'm saying? Like it's something that I just started the last couple episodes um, that I always like to ask a question, right? Right. So my question to you is this. Somebody who has gone through similar childhood traumas, right? Like just, just something similar to yours when they're listening to this and they're still struggling f- through it and can't find a, uh, can't find a, uh, way out of it or how you saying a way to deal with it the right way. Um, what would you say to them on getting through those times and, and, and dealing with those childhood traumas and pushing on to, to uh, brighter and better days? Right. I still have those same problems. Like uh, I'm by no means am I healed from those childhood traumas. I still have to go through them and unpack them. It happens to me all the time. You know, sometimes I'll wake up in the fucking morning and that's all I can fucking think about. And that's, that's the, that's what you have to do with trauma. Uh, you got to be your own Moses, man. Uh, so that's what I would say. Be your own Moses. I like that. And that's a story from the Bible. And what that means is what did Moses do? Moses took the Israelites out of suffering. But he took him, he didn't take him straight to the promised land. He took him into the fucking desert and they had to wander for 40 fucking years. Right. Now in this story, you're both the Israelites and you're Moses too. And depending on the situation, you might be the fucking Pharaoh because you might have caused the fucking suffering. But when you're wandering in the desert, what you have to do is you have to fucking put in that 10,000 hours of studying your fucking situation so you can understand it. 
You have to fucking put in that hard fucking work to come face to face whatever it is you're fucking suffering. You can't fucking, you can't avoid it. If you've got childhood trauma that you're fucking suffering with, that it comes to you, you've got to fucking, you've got to fucking think about it. You've got to articulate it. You have to understand it. Right. Only by understanding it can you fucking come to acceptance and through acceptance and moving on. And you know what? It, that's not going to happen in a fucking day. It's not going to, maybe it's not going to happen in a fucking month. I've been dealing with it for 37 fucking years. Right. And I'm not going to fucking, you know what I mean? But in the meantime, the, like I said before, the lighthouses, find something that you can fucking do to fucking affect control in your environment. Tend to the garden you can touch. Yeah. No matter how fucking shitty you're fucking feeling, you can go fucking run. You can go do some fucking cardio. You can fucking clean your fucking house. You can make your fucking bed. You can do something. Do something. It's, it's inactivity that leads the fucking mind to start ripping yourself apart. That is so true, man. Yeah. So... I would say if you've got fucking trauma, you've got to unpack that shit. You've got to look it in the fucking face. You have to fucking articulate it. You have to understand it. Be your own fucking Moses. In the meantime, go fucking run. Um, man. Bro, that, that was like perfectly said. Hey, fuck it. Sorry, I was writing. Uh, I'm just writing the time so I can uh, use these later on for, for uh, snippets and stuff. So, man, bro. I appreciate you, man, sharing your story with us. Um, y'all heard it here. There's, there's, we didn't touch on it yet, but um, throughout this that I was thinking about, we're going to do another one that I want to bring you back on later on. Um, and we'll do uh, about school that you're going to now, you know what I mean? Um, to be a uh, master brewer, right? Yeah. Right. Um, so we'll talk about that and how you are still, uh, you know, managing every day and, and, and what you're doing every day to, to maintain that, that positive course that you started on that you're saying this, uh, journey that's never ending and you still got to work on it every day. So, you know what I'm saying? If you're cool with that, we'll have you. Huh? It's an everyday ending, never ending journey. Yeah, man. Um, well, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it, Joe. Joe Hudson, guys. Uh, my brother, man. You guys are definitely going to hear from him again. Uh, we'll have him back here again. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, listening to this, and I hope you guys got something out of it. There was a lot of gems in this uh, uh, for people to take away, because I know I, I've, I've you know, taken stuff away from you for for years now you know what i mean you've definitely helped me out along the way man so i appreciate you for that i appreciate you for coming on sharing your story i appreciate you uh being um so open and candid man and uh i appreciate you brother thanks man thank you man thank you guys for tuning in um i'll see you guys next time man appreciate it guys thank you for the support much love and respect